Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 94. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are in the world, I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. So we have got a great guest this week all the way from Costa Rica. It is Biaz Shocker, or Bill, as his friends call him. He is one of the most dynamic speakers on the planet, and he has a way of melding social sciences, humanities, and plain old common sense into a unique, action-packed message that resounds with self-motivation and enthusiasm. Over the years, Bill has owned an award-winning consulting and training organization, a chain of donut and ice cream franchises, and several businesses in the automotive car care industry. Bill's consulting company touts several thousand clients from locally owned firms to multinational Fortune 500 companies. Now he's empowering leaders of all levels to grow through an experiential leadership training program in Costa Rica. So that leaves only one thing to say. Viaj, welcome to the show. Jeff, it is a pleasure to be here. However, um, Jeff, just so you know, my friends call me Bill, so you could feel free to do the same. Brilliant, Bill. Thank you very much for that fine honor. So as we get started, could you give us some backstory that um, of what you've experienced and what's brought you to this point today? Uh, Jeff, it all started in September 1957 when Mrs. Shaka was brought to the hospital in labor pains. Just kidding. I won't go back that far. Uh, I, uh, I have been uh, blessed for a gigantic part of my life. Uh, when I got my uh, master's of business administration, uh, somebody got me into teaching at a local um, community college of several months after I got my MBA, and I've never left since then. I've always been in higher education full-time for the last oh, 13 years or so, and I've always had my foot in the business world, too, full-time uh, when I wasn't teaching full-time. So I've got this very, very cool perspective of how to view business, both at from an academic standpoint and from an applied standpoint. Right. Okay. Okay. And wh- when you when you've done that, what what is your, you know, now now you you know you're living in a wonderful part of the world. You're you're very successful, and you've had a lot of experience in business. What has brought you to this point to start writing, um, or to have written this book, Gold's book? Well, I've actually I have a couple books out now. I have Gold's book. Uh, uh, it, it did pretty well, and I have a sequel to it that I very originally called Gold's book too. Uh, and uh, I yesterday absolutely yesterday I just published the new ebook called High Octane Leadership. It's uh, just a short book, sixty five pages, and then uh, there's there's another one coming out, a much longer one. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but um, the whole idea behind writing the books now, uh, Jeff, it's really simple. It's time to give back. Uh, the world has been good to me, and I have absorbed everything I could. I've exploited every positive opportunity I could. Now it's time to give back to the younger generation. I've noticed that in my uh, university teaching, the uh, the older that I'm getting, the more uh, 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 captivation I've been having from the students. They really, really want to learn from, I guess, fossils like me. Yeah, it's wisdom. 
It's wisdom, Bill. It's that's what they're looking for. They're looking to soak your wisdom and experience. I'm glad it's that, not calcification. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so, if 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 we dive into the the goal side, what is your experience? Your um about you know, making sure that you're setting good goals, effective goals, and actually even learning that goal process, that goal setting and goal achieving process. It, it is a very defined process. Uh, I like to call it scientific goal setting, but uh, that turns off a lot of people, so I don't really use that term anymore. But goal setting should be a manufacturing process. Inputs go in one side, that's your enthusiasm, your intelligence, your hard work. Uh, they're processed through a goal planning worksheet. And then at the other end, out come your results, your successes. So there should actually be a process to goal setting. And that's how that's what I like to teach. I like to teach the process of goal setting. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you, because and the, the, obviously the to most people who think about goals, they think about the smart model and, and, and there is many people that have a love-hate relationship with that. There's many people that just don't like that at all. What are your thoughts behind that model? Yeah, goals book is designed around the smart model. Of course, there's a couple twists, but let me tell you why. Uh, whenever I get face-to-face -face with clients, I always ask the question whenever, before we start discussing goals, how many of you have heard of the SMART model? And you would be surprised. If I'm lucky, half the hands go up, but half the hands don't go up. And it's, it's, it, it, this happens quite a bit where you're so involved with something for so many years, you think the world knows about it. And the fact is they don't. Every year, new people are coming into the workplace and they have never heard of SMART goals. Our job is not necessarily to make it more sophisticated. As a matter of fact, our job is to keep it consistent and get the message out there. Yeah, I like that. And it, it, is, it is amazing. And you're so right. A lot of people get, you know, when you teach us on a day-to-day, -day, I'm, I'm quite like that when um, I'm teaching stress management techniques or something, you kind of like look at that going, how do people not know this bit? But it's because you're immersed in it on a day-to-day -day basis that they don't really pick it up. Or you don't see that they don't see that many that don't know it. And, our, and what happens in our case a lot, uh, if, if we, well, what happens with consultants quite a bit, especially teaching consultants who have a particular topic, is that we start to develop hubris. We start to develop the fact that, oh, this is so easy. Let me make it harder. Stop. You have a person in front of you that's never heard it before. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so if we look at this, can you um, share any, um, you know, for, for some of those people that could be listening to this show today that haven't really looked at that, that goals because, you know, goals are one of those things that ultimately take you to that place and give you that destination to achieve what you're wanting to achieve. Is there any strategies that you could share to help them get more involved and more successful at achieving goals? Well, absolutely. I, we, we could spend the next five or six of your uh, podcast sessions talking about that. Uh, yeah, what, one of the first necessities to goal setting is, and it is this, this deep down white hot passionate desire that individuals have to have when they set a goal to accomplish something. 
Uh, if you just set a goal flippantly, then as soon as you run into your first obstacle, you're going to say, that's oh, too hard for me. And what you do every time you miss a goal is you are programming your subconscious to be successful. But the success that you are programming is to fail at your goal. And if you do that too many times, your subconscious is going to say, oh, I know how to help you succeed by failing. And that's the last thing we want. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it is, and it's, it's a common it's a common thing, isn't it? They they set certain goals because they think that either sometimes it's not even what they want, it's what other people want them to achieve. But it's and it's that and it's that thing that is if there isn't that motivation behind it that's gonna go, okay, this is this is the results or the, the do you do you class it as the emotion uh, maybe like an emotional buy-in that go okay, this is what I'm going to get when I achieve that from part of that drive and passion? Well, part of the way I look at the goal-setting process is through an adjective called progressive. Goals are progressive. What I mean by that is that uh, you become successful not necessarily when you achieve the goal, but you become successful at the beginning of the process when you say, I want this, and you modify your behavior to begin getting what you want. Goal setting is a behavior modification tool. And you become successful when you set the goal and you change your behavior to achieve it. When you achieve the goal, Jeff, it's almost like a deja vu kind of an experience. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And do you think people get mixed up between a goal and a task quite often? Yes, absolutely they do. And, and part of what I describe in Gold's book is, is a process called functional decomposition. And by that, what I mean is that you have to take your goal and you have to break it up using your term into tasks. Give me an example. You get on the scale. You don't know where that extra 30 pounds came from, but lo and behold, there it is. So you figure you're gonna set a goal now to lose 30 pounds. And one of the things you decide to do is to, uh, now that's the goal. The overall goal is to lose 30 pounds in X amount of weeks, months, whatever it happens to be. But now you gotta break that down. How am I going to do that? One of the, as you, as you said, tasks that we need to accomplish is to go to a gym. So you don't belong to a gym. So you break that into a subtask. I want, uh, I want to uh, go to three gyms this week and test them out. Now, if you, once you do that, then the goal is by next week, I want to join a gym and I want to get involved in these classes, this weightlifting and this and so forth. So what you do is you constantly break that goal down, functional decomposition. No programming tool that we used to use back when these ancient uh, languages like Fortran and COBOL used to be around. Uh, and uh, by that, what we would do is take the tasks and break them down into the smallest item, because that item is what we would code. Same thing with goal setting. We take this big, magnanimous goal, we break it down into tasks that we can accomplish on a daily basis. Now, if I can go a little bit further on that, not only should we have a task that's part of our goal, we should schedule that task. That task should be in our calendar system. The reminder should pop up. If you set a goal on a sheet of paper, and you put that sheet of paper away, it's forgotten about. Break that goal down and get those tasks into your planning system. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what what do you, um, when you're setting a goal, because obviously there's many different um philosophies about setting big goals setting stretch goals setting you know setting those for you what do you what do you sort of look at when someone's setting a goal 
Do you find it okay for people to set those goals that they may not know exactly how they're going to achieve it, but then they can break it down into, you know, smaller bite-sized things and those sort of things? Or do you think, and, you know, personally, I find realistic one of those words that grates me, but do you feel that it needs to go into a more realistic uh, pot for people to achieve goals? Well, if you desire if you desire something that desire is the mental equivalent of wanting a physical manifestation so if you desire something it means that this is something that you want so your you, your 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 mind is telling you this is important to you even if you don't know how you're going to get it 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 makes sense for you to set the goal and then begin to uh, work toward it. I think, Jeff, when we talk about realism, realism in goal setting, let's go back to that weight example. If you want to take 30 pounds out and you decide that you're going to start running again, which you haven't done since high school, and the, the, the next day you go down to the track and you try to run around 12 times, that's not realistic. As a matter of fact, it might be deadly. So, do is be realistic in terms of just maybe walking around the track once or twice for a week and then walking around it three or four times the next week and then eventually running around half the track half the time and so forth that's what i think is realistic realism it's kind of slipping into the goal yeah and i think i think sometimes as i know um sort of clients that i've worked with in the past the the problem that i see with sometimes realistic is is that it's not realistic it's been told that it's not realistic to them. So, you know, trusted members, family members, whatever, have said, well, that's not possible for you. And they have gone into that buy-in mindset where, well, if if X doesn't think that I'm going to be able to achieve that, then I'm not. And they don't go, they don't, they don't look at, well, what is it that I want and what do I need to work on to achieve that? So many times we live by the good opinion of others. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the good opinion of others is helping them more than it's helping us. Uh, you know what? I have decided years back that I'm going to be successful regardless of what other people say, think, or do. Frankly, I don't care. Uh, I'm going to do what I think is proper. Uh, my, my, uh, my parents grew up during the Great Depression, and uh, they were uh, very very, very conservative. Every time I suggested to my father that I'm going to start a business or I'm going to do something, he'd clutch his chest. Uh, because it was just like, oh, you can't, you can't keep doing that. But you know what? I was determined to, uh, to do what I needed to do to be successful. He wanted me to just get a job uh, in an office and uh, moving a, a paper from the inbox to the outbox and, uh, and, and, and so forth. And I said, that I'm sorry. You know, I, I'm not sure. Maybe they switched babies in the uh, in the hospital, uh, but that's not me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So before we jump to the second part of the show, there's one thing that is really interesting, and that's there's obviously when we set goals, there's the there's the physical things. You know, I want to lose weight or something like that. But then there's the, then there's other ones, sort of. If they're wanting to develop um, 
mindfulness practice or they're wanting to develop more patience or they're wanting to um manage their i don't know maybe they have um a bit of a uh, a bad temper and they're wanting to become uh, manage that a bit better how do you implement that into that process as well because that's still a goal that they want to achieve but perhaps it's not um what we would deem as is you you aren't achieving and getting a widget you are achieving something on a on a different level. Let me unpack that for you, Jeff. That is an excellent question. Uh, one of the things that I teach in my, my life training and in goals book also is that I dichotomize goals into two very, very broad categories, tangible goals, intangible goals. Tangible goals are things that we want. Intangible goals are things that we want to become. Tangible goals are easy to track. They're fun and they're sexy, such as uh, I want to save money for a vacation. I want a new house. I want a new car. Intangible goals are hard to track, and they are typically uh, hard to uh, accomplish, and they're very unsexy. For example, I want to develop more patience. I want less of a volatile temper, things to that effect. So we have... And and I think that... And that sometimes that's a lot of... Um, that's a lot of the blocks, isn't it, where people that people don't quite understand they think it's just you sit down you write on a piece of paper okay this is what i'm going to achieve and then you go and do it and they don't necessarily understand the growth part of that we have to be able to set intangible goals for things that we want to become there is definitely a disconnect in the goal setting process in the regard that you just mentioned we have to sit down and take our time and analyze what it is we want, what it is we want to become, and set goals accordingly, looking at what the end result of them should be. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to dive into the second part of the show, where I get an opportunity to ask all my guests the same questions to find out what lovely knowledge bombs and gems that they have tucked away in their, in their knowledge repertoire so um bill are you ready i am ready i was born ready go ahead <laughs> okay so the first one is how much time a week do you spend on self-development and that includes body mind and soul uh probably three to four hours a day so between 20 and 25 hours a week okay and do you specifically have one favorite type of um modality to do it do you like reading or listening to audiobooks what do you have a favorite yeah again you know it goes back to that fossil comment i, I still like to read okay uh, okay paper books <laughs> no actually uh, marble tablets uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Question number two is what is your favorite personal development book and why? I absolutely adore James Allen as a man thinker. Uh, I just finished reading it yesterday for probably the 30th time, uh, maybe the 40th. And right below that is, is a little known book by Wallace Waddles called The Science of Getting Rich that I've read probably two dozen times or so. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay. Uh, question number three is, what is your favorite app? Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite app. I think I just tolerate them. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> okay. 
I, uh, I, I use uh, I, I use various apps on my phone, but uh, it, as far as like having a favorite go-to, I guess if I had to, it would be the LinkedIn app since I have so many contacts on LinkedIn. Excellent. Number four is what is your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? Ah, biggest business mistake is I brought a, a partner into a business without any equity injection from their part, maybe 50-50. And um, it, uh, it didn't turn out very well. It, uh, let me just put it to you this way. The tuition was about $1.2 million, but I learned. Okay. Okay. It's a valuable lesson. You got it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So what was the, what was, um, from you, what did that teach you to learn from that mistake? Apart from spending that much money on a education. If I can't do it by myself, I'm not, I'm going to pass on it. I'm going to figure out how I can do things on my own. And if somebody wants to come in with me on a particular project, pony up. Yeah. Okay. 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 Question number five is what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them? Well, I don't necessarily have gigantic challenges in that right now with my phase of life. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, 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 my children are fully grown and I, I, I kind of just uh, do what I want to, when I want to do it, although I do have a very structured routine. But when I did have small children, uh, I found that um, what I needed to do was to uh, uh, find whatever time I could in between the child time and the relationship time to get the kind of work done that I needed to get done. And it's just, it, it, I guess it was just constantly having my radar up and looking for the chunks of time to get things accomplished Brilliant. in an enthusiastic way. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Question number six, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Uh, go slow. Think. Don't just run into something uh, uh, headlong and, uh, and uh, not be sure of what you're doing. Uh, just uh, think your process through. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Question number seven is, what is your definition of success? Definition of success, and this is right out of Gold's book, is the progressive realization of worthwhile, personal, predetermined goals. Love it. Excellent. Okay. Um, question number eight. Do you have any morning routine that really helps you get prepped for the day ahead? Yes, I do. Uh, I, 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 when I tell people my routine, they, they say anywhere between uh, that is, uh, I hear comments from godlike to absolute lunacy. But um, what uh, what I do is I wake up at 4 a.m. and uh, I, I don't I don't just you know say I get out my alarm is set for 4 a.m. and uh, I get out of bed and by 4:15 my day starts uh, between 4:15 and uh, uh, almost 4:45 I have a structured series of formalized prayers that I go through. Uh, Jeff, I was raised Roman Catholic. I'm still Roman Catholic, and uh, over the last 2100 years. The Roman Catholic Church has come up with several prayers, and I try to say a few. Uh, after 4.45, I go through two structured meditation routines, which take uh, 20 minutes each. Then after that, I listen to um, uh, 
Well, it, it's kind of hard to explain. Just it, it's basically theta waves. I just listen to uh, just different types of wave sounds while I'm at my computer doing things like uh, writing out my notes for the day and getting organized. Normally, by about six fifteen or so, I stop everything. I drink my last cup of coffee. I fin by by six fifteen, I finished a pot of coffee and I am off to the beach. And I normally go to one of the uh, half a dozen beaches or so on a daily basis and uh, spend about an hour. Oh, communing with nature, I guess that's the best way to describe it. By 8 o'clock, I'm back home, and I either, uh, between uh, uh, 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock, I uh, eat breakfast, get ready, and 9 o'clock, I am at my computer, and my day begins. That is awesome. I'm going to come to Costa Rica just to see that one. <laughs> right, okay. So I have a couple of questions on this one, which I'm pretty sure you probably knew I would. Um, how do you find waking up? How long have you been doing the 4 a.m.? wake up or some people would say the miracle morning i perhaps wouldn't because i'm not a morning person but how how long have you been doing that uh it has been off and on actually for several decades uh 20 years ago i used to do it to practice guitar that early in the morning that was the only time i could do it without bothering people uh but uh it has been about a year now of just steady constant uh, uh practice with and it is going to be, it is really the habit for the rest of my life. Right. Okay. And the other one for you, what is the, um, because I've had some guests on who, um, they do their, their press that they do their prayer or their, if you want their religious side and they say that is, a, um, almost meditating to them. What do you find the difference between doing your prayer and the meditation? What what benefits does that give you in those two different um, tasks? Well, that, that's a good question. Uh, when I am uh, in the throes of the, the reading prayers out of a prayer book, uh, I am not necessarily directed inward. My thoughts are directed outward toward God. Uh, when I sit and meditate, it is simply concentrating on breath, and uh, trying to take everything out of my mind. Right. Okay. I get you. I get you. Right. Okay. And finally, um, I do the same thing. I do the theta waves. Not quite at six o'clock in the morning. Um, do you use a specific um, uh, process? I think I use um, HoloSync and LifeFlow is the ones I use. Do you use a specific um, t one, or do, do you just get them off a... A, specific, uh, a platform? Uh, I normally just get them from um, uh, uh, YouTube. Although I, I did happen, I bought one program that has uh, three 15-minute data waves to it. Uh, but, so I, I use that, and then I adjunct them with these nice hour-and-a-half data uh, wave sessions from YouTube. What I like about the hour-and-a-half ones is that when I get to my desk at 9 o'clock, I have a time block from 9 to 10.30 and then from 10.30 to 12. So I know when the theta wave session ends, it's time to stop what I'm doing and do something else. I like that, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, do you find you just get completely lost and completely focused when you do that? When you listen to the thetas? You know, yes. When people ask me about why do you do that, I say there's something to it. I'm not yeah. quite sure what it is, but there's something yeah. to it. Yeah, I'm glad it's not just me. I can just sometimes lose complete track of time when I'm listening to that, and then all of a sudden it's just like, wow, is that an hour gone? 
it's, it can be crazy sometimes. Um, brilliant. Okay, so we are going to the last question. It is our final topical point. It is the life lesson question. So you get to pick a number between 1 and 50, and that ultimately is lessons that I've learned um, through recovering from my illness and starting a business. It is okay for you to disagree with them. It's ultimately just to find out your experiences with uh, or similarities with that lesson. So could you please pick a number between 1 and 50? 17. 17. All right, so 17 is basically embrace your natural gifts. Um, and this really comes from the fact is that, that there was quite a lot of times when I was growing up. Um, one, um, I struggled with dyslexia, and I've obviously done that all my life. And I was told that um, there was limitations to my condition and everything else, which actually I think, yes, when it comes to sort of reading and writing, but certainly not to the other amazing gifts that it gives me. Um, and the other thing is, is that I think there's not an, there's not enough people that um, embrace what they are naturally good at. They because maybe people have told them in the past that that is not something that's going to be possible. And I think we need to allow ourselves to be more open to what our natural gifts are. We need to explore what our natural gifts are. And then once we have that, embrace that. And I just thought I would wonder what you thought about that. You know, very interesting because I've had some very detailed conversations in my face to face training about that exact issue. Uh, individuals say that what some individuals say what they want to do is purge their weaknesses, and uh, they and that's fine. But remember, you can only do one thing at a time. I personally feel embracing my strengths is a lot better. I'll give you an example. If I have the choice between writing an article on leadership or balancing my checkbook, I'm going to write the article on leadership because I hate balancing my checkbook. Matter of fact, I don't do it at all. I mean, I probably haven't done it since the first Reagan administration. But the fact is, is that I am much better at writing than I am at um, uh, bookkeeping. So I'm going to do what, what I think is proper. That's why I hire bookkeepers to do my bookkeeping for me. So I can keep doing what I love to do. Yeah, yeah. It's that thing, isn't it, where I think, you know, sometimes is people will try and force something out because that's what people have told them to do. And you just see the complete struggle and the complete almost conflict, internal conflict that goes on. But they keep on doing it because other people have told them that that's what they should do. Mommy, daddy, preacher, teacher, they told us a lot of things. And we have that script with us. We have that script with us now. And now we're now we're in our 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s, and we still have that script that we got when we were five years old. And it's running through our minds. So for those of you who are interested in working with me in creating and living the exceptional life, then it's I've made it really, really simple for you. All you need to do is jump over to www.successiq.co.uk, where you will find all of the solutions, all of the different programs and services that I offer, including you can arrange and book a free consultation call with me for 30 minutes, which we can sort of discuss what you're looking for and everything else. And at the bottom of the page, you can also find how a quick link over to the podcast to catch up on any episodes that you may have missed. So that is www.successiq.co.uk. See you there.
So um, now is an opportunity to for you to share how people can find out more about you um, and anything else that you would like to share with the audience. Oh, I appreciate that. My website is intelligentmotivationinc.com. Intelligentmotivationinc.com. And the, uh, my email is uh, right along those lines, bill at intelligentmotivationinc.com. If you go to my website in the upper right-hand corner, it says set up a call. Uh, if you would uh, like to discuss any of my coaching or uh, training projects, feel free to set up a call. More than happy to talk to you. Send me out an email. More than happy to talk to you. I don't mind a bit. As a matter of fact, I would appreciate it since I really don't have much of a life. So reach out to me. <laughs> <laughs> Honesty is the best policy, Bill. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, be honest. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, listen, Bill, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I've really enjoyed it, and I just want to take this final opportunity to wish you the greatest success. Yeah, I feel blessed to be met. Thank you. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for all of you who are listening to the show. Um, especially thank you very much for the support of all of you who are sending me emails on feedback, what you like about the show, content that you'd like to see in the future. I'm extremely grateful for that. Don't forget that you can listen to the show on many different platforms. Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and of course, Apple Podcasts. And if you have the time, it would be lovely if you could jump over and leave me a rating and review, as it really does help me make the impact that I'm aspiring to do with the show. So I just want to take this final opportunity to wish you the greatest success. Have an amazing week, and don't forget... Go out there, create, and live the exceptional. Take care.